Who were you when you left high school and how hard was that impression of yourself to shake off? <laughs> Big one, right? I'll go Jeez. first. I'll yeah. go first. Please. Because I think about, I've thought about this a lot, especially after we worked on the 18 and Lost book with regards to high school. In theory, like a very privileged position, like very good grades, one of the smart kids, leadership positions, lots of opportunities at school, opportunities that I thrived in. So, you know, all, all wonderful. And then a lot of like, can't wait to see what you do in the world kind of thing. Also, you know, very lovely. I, I realized later, many years later, the counterintuitive parts of that. So a lot of that is great, obviously, gives you a lot of self-belief and that's, I can't, I'm going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. But I've talked before about the kind of Carol Dweck fixed versus growth mindset a lot and how I think a lot of people who really heavily invested in the academics and academic achievement, et cetera, really have trouble with the fixed mindset idea. You get very attached to your abilities and you actually almost get a bit defensive. You, you actually sometimes struggle to put yourself out there, take a risk, deal with setbacks because you feel it so intensely on an I it's an I'm not good enough. If I don't if I get a, a bad test result, not that positive anti-fragile mindset of, oh, I've been challenged time to become stronger. And the second part of that question is the difficult thing. How long has it taken you to shake off? I imagine it's still on some levels a work in progress. The most part about, well, what's now? It's been 10 years since I left high school, mm. since, 10 years since we left high school. Yeah. And I definitely, the big, when I was working in real estate, that was where a big part of it was confronted for sure. But I, I think a lot of the overthinking tendencies, I still, I might still have a bit. They've improved a lot. I do trace them back to the kind of academic way of thinking. Like when you concentrate on grades and stuff and the over, over focusing on that. Uh, and one pack, this is in context to Ken Robinson. So I'm going to talk yeah. about that in a sec. Just anyone who's new to the podcast or listening. But as a personal example, that's a big deal. It definitely mm -hmm. sets some creative constraints. Definitely made me too scared to do anything with film. My first love after high school for three or four years. Is a major factor. Yeah, so that that was me. I don't know if you have any conscious thing. Like, what sort of person would I was? Do you consider yourself smart, not smart, mm, talented, yeah. not good at this, but not that? Yeah, that's a, it's a good question, and it. I would say, I never considered myself smart at school until. Yeah. So I had a lot of, let's call it in the self-help sphere, limiting beliefs yep. about my ability, for example. And at school up until year 10 until, well, until crunch time, where we actually had to actively start studying. And if we didn't, then there'd be consequences in, into the future. And everyone knew it and there's a lot of pressure on you, all those sorts of things. I then, like, for example, think about my grades. I never really... I never really put that much attention into studying or attributed much. Like I, I kind of just was very, what would you say? I doubted myself in that regard. So I never, I, then I never tried. So it was a self, it was like a 
self-fulfilling prophecy in the sense that if I didn't get good grades, I would think that I'm not smart and then I wouldn't try and then it would never reinforce in a positive way until I actually was forced to start studying and then I developed. I did quite, I did quite well because I tried Mm -hmm. and studied and stuff like that. So coming out of high school to answer your question, I was starting to believe in myself a little bit, a tiny bit. And then I would say it's taken me 10 years and it is definitely still a very active process of shaking those limiting beliefs, but just doing basically over time, convincing yourself through experience that, hey, you actually can with the right sort of effort and the right sort of strategy, you, you can you can do a lot so much more than you think you're capable of. I've done that through running. Running's taught me a lot, obviously, we've talked about and and just my certain academic areas. And now I'm trying to do that through sort of, you know, the network engineering aspect, because I never thought I was capable of that sort of stuff. And But see, it's like a constant process of breaking down those, hang on a minute, no, if you want to do this, you just got to break yeah, it down into small pieces, put effort into it, and things will come. So I guess I've waffled on in no, no, traditional it's a fashion. Answer. No, no, no. It's a very good answer. I would say I was a scared kid still coming out of, definitely a scared kid coming out of high school. Yeah. And I've just tried to develop myself. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of that scared kid mindset is why I've always strive so hard to sort of achieve things if that makes sense okay good good and what what do you define uh how would you define a creative person what makes someone creative or not creative as a person do you have a clarity on what do you have clear impression of what that is is that vague it's it's hard to define like i've I've never considered myself creative but i don't know why So I think of creative people as people name that, name three creative people. I guess I think you're creative. Okay, that's one, Joe. I think Scott's creative. Okay, Scott McEwen, yep. I think my next door neighbor Otto is creative. He's in, he's he's film based. He does a lot of work in film. Those are the three that come to the top of my mind, but I I don't know exactly the criteria for that. So, yeah, um, okay. What can you unpack the example of Scott? What makes you think of Scott, Scott as creative? Scott creating his own, creating espresso and sort of coming coming at that from nothing and creating that into the world. Okay, and do you consider yourself creative right now? I know you said you never thought of yourself. What about right now? Do you think of yourself as a creative person? Or to what extent? Or to what extent do you consider yourself creative? Only, only, only since we started doing the podcast. Wow, fascinating! I've never so it sounds like you attach it to a cre- no, seeing an actual creative output. Then I, I don't have a framework. Okay. I'm sure we're going to dig into it, but I don't have a framework that defines creativity. Nor have I yeah. actually really thought of it, to be honest. Powerful, my friend, as always. I want to go back to children. Mm. Loaded question. Have you ever met a child that wasn't creative? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere up in uh, heavens or somewhere, Ken Robinson is smiling. He makes a point. We'll get to his TED Talks in a couple of episodes, but he has these funniest stories about 
kids and the creative things they do. And I think most people would agree with everything you just said. I think you represent a very, you might be a good capture of how society currently thinks about creativity. I think it's very stereotyped and I've never challenged those beliefs that I have about creativity. So maybe yeah. a lot of people like yeah. you said, I mean, are doing that. I mean, you've got the studies are comparing how children work on a divergent tasks exercise where they have to come up with how many uses of a spoon or a sock and they normally outperform high school graduates, right? You've got teamwork exercises that they mentioned. There's a study at the start of the book, The Culture Code, as a bird beautifully chirps in the background. It's good atmosphere. It's actually quite calming. Where they, where they, uh, what do they do? Yeah, the kids work more effectively at building uh, a Lego structure than the Harvard students who overanalyze as if i remember correctly and then uh, you know there's an organization in the us called pragma who helps with like fourth grade to eighth grade education like but alternative like kind of like constant oh, student but for you. yeah it's an organization called pragma and mm. the lady's like an entrepreneur and she says the viability of the ideas that these young young people teenagers work like they got to do an entrepreneurship kind of thing and how viable the ideas they actually come up with are is, is crazy She's like, actually, you could take these and turn them into startups. And I remember when I was young, young, but my Oscar is seven years younger than me, my brother, you know, for one thing, used to play with Barbie dolls. It's great to, he's turned 21 this year, so it's a good opportunity to throw him under the bus. But also he used to say he wanted to be Pope. He used to say he wanted to be a play for Liverpool, our favorite soccer team, be an architect and an engineer. And there were a couple other things in there too. And then, you know, everyone used to kind of laugh and, and roll their eyes. It's like, yeah, Oscar, all right, you're going to do all that stuff. Once we pope, doesn't even go to church. And, and you know, like, and then people start pushing it out of you. So. Mm. Quote from the book, Out of Our Minds by Ken Robinson. One of the main reasons that so many people think they are not creative is education. Picasso once said that all children are born artists. The problem is to remain an artist as we grow up. Yeah, wow. Well, hmm. Can you think back when you were, do you have any? I think I always thought of myself as creative. Yeah. Because I was always do the things that we stereotype as creative. I was always into drama at the very least or public speaking or writing story writing, wanted to be an author when I was 13, wanted to be a filmmaker when I was 15. So I, I was lucky on that side of things. I carried the tag all the way. I w we'll talk more about creativity tomorrow. I'm conscious of time. Yep. It's a huge topic. It's an infinite topic like learning. There is no, this is where creativity starts and ends. Mm. But what I will say is this. We are a fractal in that we are part of a pattern of the universe that endlessly repeats itself. We were produced by that pattern and we continue to propagate it. And a big part of that pattern is creation and creating. Those words are linked to, like for, for a reason. Hmm. We all have the desire to create. It is inbuilt in us. No one over-intellectualizes having children. In fact, the people who over-intellectualize having children often delay or do not have children, normally maybe to a lot of, I can't speak for everyone, obviously, but their detriment. It's not a very intellectual decision. <laughs> 
it's part of the practical brain training that education and society has conditioned us into. Very unnatural thinking, but no disrespect to anyone who doesn't want to have kids. I'm talking broad in broad terms here. It's not normally something like if you ask your parents, why do you want to have kids? It would be a weird conversation. It, it would almost be like, why not? Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, and they say, especially about masculine energy is associated with not being satisfied just with creating life, but also wanting to create things out in the world. That's why the, the man is typically has the stereotype of being the builder. And then if that wasn't evidence enough, you, you see children, how they play, how they're more creative, how they're more divergent. And you see how it's born in them. So it's very impossible for someone to not be creative. It's very possible to have suppressed the creative side of you. And it is a fundamental denial of your humanity. I'll restate that. It is a fundamental denial of your humanity. This is one of the main ingredients of your humanity is your creativity. And, and, and uh, I didn't put it in here, but Rob, Ken Robinson, Sir Ken Robinson defined creativity as coming up with original ideas that have merit mm. or value. The value is subjective, <laughs> of course. And it's a pretty good definition, perhaps. And I'm not going to go sit here and be some greeting card and say everyone's a creative person, even though I do believe it. What would be more effective as a takeaway for today's episode is for Luke and any of those other people out there on the fence with this to audit the evidence and go and discover the creative side and that there's desire you have to express yourself, be heard, shape things, create things. Is the creativity coming out of you? As Picasso once said, all children are born artists. That is clear. The challenge is remaining an artist as you grow. We'll see you again tomorrow.